Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Awesome Games Done Quick welcomes some non-human participants. For October 20th, 2023, this is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, AMD's latest update freaks out anti-cheat software, Minecraft is the best-selling game of all time, and we'll check out the week that was in video game news with the Friday Replay. Awesome Games Done Quick 2024 is slated to kick off on January 14th and run through January 21st. While we don't normally talk about AGDQ this early, a special kind of submission was accepted by the charity speedrunning event. Speedrunner JSR submitted a speedrun of him and his pet Shiba Inu peanut butter speedrunning Gyromite. Now, you're probably wondering how a Shiba Inu can play a Rob the Robot game. Well, JSR built a custom controller that allows Peanut Butter to make button presses. JSR directs Peanut Butter to press buttons and gives him a reward for pressing the right buttons. JSR has said that it's taken him years of training to get Peanut Butter to the level to speedrun the whole game. With the pair setting the first ever dog-assisted speedrun of Gyromite at 25 minutes and 29 seconds. This also marks the first time in Games Done Quick history that a dog will be performing a speedrun live at the event. Though Peanut Butter isn't taking all of the spotlight, JSR will also be speedrunning Castlevania III Dracula's Curse on the Famicom. Overall, it's fascinating to see the ingenuity of the speedrunning community, be it from finding bugs and exploits in games to literally engineering a controller for their dog. The speedrunning community never fails to be awe-inspiring. For those that want to watch Peanut Butter complete Gyromite in about 25 minutes, a link to JSR's YouTube channel will be in today's show description. At the start of the week, AMD released new drivers for their Radeon graphics card. Sporting a new feature called Anti-Lag Plus, which is a software-level optimization that reduces the time in between frames. However, the way AMD implemented Anti-Lag Plus has been wreaking havoc with anti-cheat software. The way that Anti-Lag Plus feature works is by injecting code directly into the game itself. The code then messes around with the frame render queue, allowing it to be processed through your graphics card instead of of your CPU. The problem, though, is that many older cheat programs use this same process to inject code, which has led to modern-day anti-cheat software instantly flagging users for cheating if they enable Anti-Lag Plus. After several reports of users receiving Valve anti-cheat bans, AMD finally pulled the driver and pushed an emergency update that removed the Anti-Lag Plus feature entirely. 
AMD issued a statement shortly thereafter stating that they are currently working with developers to rectify the situation, both to find a solution for those affected by the wrongful bans and finding a way to enable Anti-Lag Plus without flagging users. Overall, it's nice to see AMD actually get out ahead of this potentially disastrous debacle, but it makes me wonder why AMD isn't working closer with game developers before they implement features like this. This seems like an issue that a partner could point out instantly before you ruin customers' experiences. Microsoft's Mojang held its annual Minecraft conference over the weekend, and in it, they went over some of the changes coming to Minecraft that include new features, updates, DLC, and much, much more. Though the most fascinating announcement was when Mojang boasted about the sales numbers of Minecraft. In the last 12 years, Minecraft has sold 300 million standalone copies, which makes Minecraft the single best-selling video game of all time. To put that into perspective, Grand Theft Auto V has sold 185 million copies since its release in 2012, and GTA V is in second place. Mario Kart 8 takes third, trailing behind with 63 million copies sold. Minecraft has also sold as many copies as the entire Mario Kart franchise combined, trailing shortly behind FIFA's entire franchise sales numbers of 325 million copies. If this trend continues for Mojang, we could see Minecraft outsell entire franchises like Call of Duty or maybe even Pokemon. However, it'll be interesting to see if Minecraft can continue to be a monolith of the sandbox survival genre to capture the minds and wallets of gamers for decades to come. All right, it's Friday, and this is where we like to read some podcast reviews. And this one comes to us from an anonymous reviewer on CastBox. They say two years of nonstop video game coverage, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say I actually missed Nate's voice breaking down the news of the day. So I offer my condolences to you, Nate. I'm sorry for your loss, but also thank you for being a constant pillar in my day. Hopefully those changes you talked about on the 6th are beneficial to you and Aaron, because there isn't anything like Let's Play with its scope and perspective. I'm going to keep listening if you guys keep producing. Thank you so much, Anonymous, and we're going to talk about some of those changes soon enough, but I would be remiss if I didn't say it's great to be back doing a full week of video game news coverage. Be like Anonymous and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon, and we'll read it here on Fridays on the show. All right, with it being Friday, let's check out that full week of video game news from this week with the Friday Replay. On Friday, October 13th, 2023, Microsoft officially finalized their $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The deal was first announced on January 18th, 2022, which we've covered every inch of this merger over the last 22 months. And finally, after 22 months, we can put an end cap on this never-ending saga. With Activision Blizzard becoming an Xbox subsidiary, Microsoft is now the third 
third largest video game maker in the world. With over 22,000 total staff across five divisions and 47 studios. Head of Xbox Phil Spencer gave a boilerplate welcoming statement to the press, waxing poetically how Xbox is poised to make games to engage the wider gaming community, and that Microsoft is starting work now to bring Activision, Blizzard, and King franchises to Game Pass and other platforms. However, there have been multiple reports that Activision Blizzard IPs will not be hitting Game Pass any time this year. Following Spencer's statement that morning, ActaBliz CEO Bobby Kotick wrote a letter to all Activision Blizzard staff. Kotick, like most out-of-touch CEOs, waxed poetically about the huge success of this merger and his journey at the helm of Activision Blizzard. However, there is a silver lining to the end of the story. Kodak wrote, quote, Phil has asked me to stay on as CEO of ABK, reporting to him, and we have agreed that I will do that through the end of 2023. Meaning this evil sociopath that tried to have his assistant murdered is finally leaving Activision Blizzard. Though regrettably, Kodak will be walking away at the end of the year with a half a billion dollars. Now that the largest tech merger in history has finalized, what comes next for Activision Blizzard? Well, we will most likely start seeing mass layoffs and studio closures in the coming months. Because after every consolidation, there's a round of layoffs for redundancies, another round to shore up profits for shareholders, and another to secure executive bonuses. On top of the layoffs, we can look forward to less competition in the video game market, overall a negative outcome for the whole industry because it'll eventually lead to price hikes and more uninspired games. International unionization in the gaming industry is ramping up this month, with CD Projekt Red developers banding together to form the Polish Game Dev Workers Union, with the sole aim to represent, quote, all professions and all people working in the game development sector in Poland. This includes staff outside of strict game development like marketing, publishing, and general operations. And union membership will cover full-time, part-time, and contractors in the Polish video game industry. However, Polish Game Dev Workers Union membership is tied to Polish contracts, so CDPR staff in Canada and America are unable to join this particular union effort. The PGWU mission statement includes to, quote, ensure job security, fair treatment, and transparency within the Polish video game industry. Union leadership cited the layoffs this year as the catalyst for the formation of the PGWU. CD Projekt Red has had two rounds that affected 29 staff at the studio of the Molasses Flood, and 30 staff were affected on the Gwent development team, with another round of layoffs that are slated to happen before March 2024. CD Projekt Red claims that these layoffs will affect around 9% or 100 total people at the studio. Overall, the people who actually make these games are finally waking up to the corporate reality that we all live in, and instead of keeping the status quo, they're standing up to these corporations and fighting for their rights. And with more unionization efforts like this popping up around the world weekly, I'm starting to become more optimistic in the future of the video game industry. At 
the end of September, Epic Games announced massive layoffs across a number of their subsidiaries, affecting around 830 people, or 16% of Epic's total workforce. At the time, we got reports from Mediatonic, which is the Fall Guys studio, that suggests the studio had been decimated in this specific round of layoffs. Which brings us to yesterday, when we got confirmation that Epic laid off at least 50% of the team at Bandcamp amounting to around 120 total people laid off. Epic also announced the finalization of selling Bandcamp to song licensing platform SongTrader. SongTrader issued a statement yesterday morning explaining why they didn't take on the full 240-person team at Bandcamp, citing that there were redundancies and that, quote, 50% of Bandcamp employees have accepted offers to join SongTrader, which is corporate doublespeak that means SongTrader handed out offers to stay at Bandcamp to only 50% of its staff, which is a really ghoulish way of trying to obfuscate responsibility for these layoffs, acting as if 120 people would voluntarily not accept offers to stay. And this further puts into perspective just how cold and callous corporate management is at any of these tech companies. And to further hit that point home, Bandcamp United, the union formed at Bandcamp, was in the middle of contract negotiations with Epic Games before the layoffs hit. Now, instead of negotiating, Epic decided to sell Bandcamp and punish people with layoffs. Over the last couple of years, gun manufacturer Remington Arms has been fighting a legal battle over the Sandy Hook Elementary mass shooting in 2012. Remington ultimately settled out of court with the families of the victims for $73 million. But that's not the entire reason why we're talking about Remington today. The reason we're talking about Remington is someone finally sleuthed through all of the documents of the case and found something really interesting. Because they found the details of two deals between Activision Blizzard and Remington. And we actually got to see the documents behind said deals. The deals happened in the early 2000s and again in the early 2010s. And Remington specifically wanted this partnership with Activision Blizzard to bring real-world guns to Call of Duty. In doing so, Remington would be advertising their guns to young and impressionable children. With Remington executives excited for the potential of an entire generation of gun enthusiasts buying Remington because of Call of Duty. In 2012, Remington started advertising civilian versions of their military munitions, like the adaptive combat rifle in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. However, these advertising campaigns never took off. Call of Duty gamers didn't go out of their way to buy the real-world counterparts of their favorite guns, and specifically, the Remington adaptive combat rifle sold so abysmally that it was discontinued after two years of non-existent sales. These failed advertising campaigns also also took a significant toll on Remington's parent company, Freedom Group, which also filed for bankruptcy three years ago, leading to Freedom Group breaking up entirely. Overall, it's pretty wild that Remington was specifically advertising their guns to kids through Call of Duty. And it's staggering that this is actually legal to do. 
All right, well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back on Monday for even more video game news. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Blue Sky at Lloyd FFXI. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.